Jesus in the house. Only you can provide. 
We'll be careful to give you praise for it. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Now, just before we go into our service, I want to say one more thing. I don't want anybody to be intimidated by the cameras. They're, they can't hear you, okay? It's being heard back there. You're not being heard here. So worship with all you've got. Pray with all you've got. And stay where you're at with all you've got. But where you're standing is holy ground. And when you're standing in holy ground, anything can happen. Let's just worship the Lord like we've never worshipped Him before in Jesus' name.
we've been talking about the last couple of months. Freedom starts with the name of Jesus on our lips. It's completed with the nature of Jesus in our hearts. Praise God. It's good to be in the house of the Lord together and be able to see all of your smiling faces. You can be seated in Jesus' name. We want to welcome at this time all of those that are online as well. And we're thankful that you're able to be with us uh, virtually, the word that we're using. And uh, we're glad that you're able to receive the word of the Lord and the presence of the Lord. It has been our prayers that the presence that we feel together here would go through the airwaves and enter into every living room and office and wherever else, car, vehicle, wherever anybody's going to watch this on our Facebook or YouTube or listen to it on the podcast, all of the airwaves that we're trying to reach people with. And so we welcome you that are online with us and thank you for being with us this morning. Just before I go into the word of the Lord, if you would like to turn to the book of Acts, the second chapter, Acts chapter two, and uh, we'll go into the word of the Lord in just a minute, but it is so good to have everybody here. I've said that a million times, I'll probably say it a million times more, but we're so glad that you are here. And uh, in the weeks to come, we are uh, going to continue to be meeting live. And so until we have some of the capacity restrictions uh, lifted in coming together. I'm glad that we can get just about everybody in the house of the Lord today. And uh, but if we would if we would have had over 80 people sign up, we would have figured out how to have two services. Anybody that wants to have a live service, we'll figure out how to do it. But in order to do that, we need you to send an email or a text or something to let us know uh, if you're planning to be here next week or how many are going to come with you. Uh, we hope that you all come back, and like I said, we'll figure out how to make it all work uh, as long as we know how many uh, people, and just about everybody here today has signed up at some point this week, and so we're thankful for that. Thank you for giving, having the patience to uh, point me to your stall, and uh, we're looking forward to what God has for us. Praise God. I want everybody to take a huge, deep breath. The first song service together is done. Now I'm asking you to settle into the presence of God and allow the word of God to speak to your heart today. And uh, I know things have just been weird over the last two months, two and a half months. It's been strange with the pandemic. It's been strange with everything that's gone on over the last week and the uproar that it has caused and all of the things and the destruction all around. But I want you to know that God hasn't left. God is still God. He's still in control. He still sees all things, knows all things. And we'll make it through this. Our community will make it through this. And, uh, and with the help of God, here's what our community is looking for more than anything that I believe that they're looking for. They may not even realize that they're looking for it, but they're looking for a light that shines in the darkness. They're looking for somebody not to necessarily agree with them, not to fight with them, but for somebody to see something different. Have you noticed, and I don't know, I think it was brought up once or twice on the news broadcast that we would, would check, but have you noticed that all of the terror that has been done this week has been at night? Yeah. There's a reason for that. 
The Bible says darkness cannot comprehend the light. It can't take over the light. It's the reason why the, the spirit of the adversary working through people and all whatever's going on and whatever their reasons and motives were. Uh, for I'm not talking about those that were upset about what happened to Mr. Floyd. I'm talking about those that have come to our city to destroy it. I'm talking about those that have been tearing buildings down and starting fires without any care for anything. The reason why it's happening at night is because the spirit of darkness cannot be in the light. And so what needs to happen in the spirit world is the church needs to shine the light in the midst of darkness. Not our light, but his light through us. We need to be praying more. We need to be fasting more. We need to be reading his word more. We need to be proclaiming and declaring the word of the Lord over our city, over our communities, over our families. We need to be pleading the blood of the lamb. We need to be doing all of those things so that it triggers a response from heaven and the light begins to shine. Amen. Amen. Praise God. As we begin our message today, I also want to say this. And I kind of addressed it a little bit Wednesday night uh, in our lesson online. But I want you to be very careful of different voices in the world. And uh, whether you're online today or you're live here in person, uh, I just want to be your pastor for just a minute. Don't listen to all the voices. God is not an American. Right. <laughs> Some of you are chuckling, but some people are getting tied up with the whole concept of end time based on what's happening in America. God is not American. Prophecy is not dictated by what happens to America. Now, are there signs of the end time? There's been signs of the end time since Jesus was on the ground. There's been signs. Am I a preacher that says we're not living in the last days? I believe that we're living in the last days. I believe the trumpet of God could sound at any moment. And the Bible says the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Here's my problem. Is there has been a spirit out there of the end times that is trying to cause fear in the church. Listen, if this is the end times, the church should be awfully excited about Amen. it. If what's going on in the world is prophetically coming to pass, then we should be very excited about it. Because what we don't oftentimes uh, address in the book of Revelation is the very last scripture where John says, even so come, Lord Jesus. So don't get tied up with all of the voices that are out there. I know there's all kinds of voices out there that are trying to pinpoint this is this in Scripture, and this is this in Scripture, and this is this in Scripture, and they can go ahead and do that. But five years from now, when it's not that, I want them to come back and let us know that it wasn't that. Because the Bible says no man knows the day nor the hour. And I know I'm on a little bit of a soapbox, but this is the first time we've been together as a family. And I know there's people online that are listening to me as well, and, and I'll just consider you family. Don't get tied up with the voices and realize that if it is in fact the time of the end, we should be so excited about it because it could be our next breath in eternity. So don't be fearful. Don't be fearful. Don't be fearful. Today is an interesting day. Today is Pentecost Sunday. How many of you have ever heard of Pentecost Sunday? How many really know what Pentecost Sunday is? 
Pentecost Sunday is a New Testament fulfillment of an Old Testament feast. Fifty days after Passover in the Old Testament, the Jews would celebrate uh, a feast, and it was a feast of harvest. It was a feast of reaping that which had been sown. And, uh, I, I, and so hearing that over into uh, the New Testament, for God's infinite wisdom, he connected a new thing to the spirit of the feast of Pentecost. He connected a birth of a church to Pentecost that was sown 50 days earlier at Passover. It was at Passover weekend that Jesus was crucified. It was at Passover weekend that the blood was shed. And the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9 verse 22, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. It is through the shedding of blood that we find our forgiveness. And so what was planted in the soil of humanity at that moment of Passover when Jesus hung on the cross was trying to give birth to what was now expressed 50 days later at the day of Pentecost. And so we're reading what was sown, what was reaped from that which was sown by Christ on the cross in chapter 2, verse number uh, 1 through 4. And I want to read that out of the, this is out of the New Living Translation. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames of tongue or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. And when the day of Pentecost the King James Version says, was fully come. Can I just share what I believe God is trying to give to the church today? And that is simply this, a breakthrough. A breakthrough. And when you have your breakthrough, you can make a declarative statement to the spirit around you and to the people around you that God is God, that he is victorious. And because he is victorious, I am victorious. No matter how it looks on the outside and the situations and the circumstances surrounding us, we are still more than conquerors in Christ. We are still victorious. I've still read the back of this book and no matter how terrifying it may be at some times, I still see who wins. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was the kind of person that enjoyed fighting and knew I'd never lose, I may have been a fighter. But there's two things that I don't like. Pain and losing. So I never became a fighter. You see, you have to understand that God is not affected by what happens in the world. He's still God. 
And he has planted some things in the soil of human nature and in the soil of human spirit that at some point in time needs to break out from the ground that has covered it. And as it breaks through the ground that has covered it and begins to express it in, a, in the nature that God intended it to be expressed. When that begins to happen, you begin to see all of the beauty of the Lord. You see, the breakthrough that God has wanted to give the church is not just another series of goosebumps. It's not just another, oh, it felt great to be in church today. It's not just another, I, I'm thankful that I know who he is. The breakthrough that God has wanted to do is to break us through to an expression that he has designed in us, that he sowed in us at Calvary. The blood that was shed for us and put inside of us, he's trying to draw it out now. He's trying to pull it out now. He's trying to say, I'm with you even unto the end of the world. So why not break through? You see, you have to get the picture of what was going on here in Acts. It was 50 days of torment. Uh, you have to understand and it really is kind of fitting right now. But there was a man that was crucified who was innocent. There was a man who died on behalf of somebody else because of somebody else. And you see, there was a man that hung on a tree, had nails in his hands and in his feet, a crown of thorns upon his brow. And that triggered 50 days of absolute chaos in the eyes of their any of his followers. I, I want you to think about this. Those disciples freaked out. We like to say we're followers of Jesus, but when something negative happens, when some storm happens, do we do what the, what the disciples did? Do we hide in the corner? Do we say, well, I just don't want to cause any waves? Do we say, I just, I don't, listen, I have prayed for more people in the last three, four weeks of just people that nonchalantly even, because they know that I'm a pastor as well as a laundry guy. And so I'm delivering my clean little cleaner laundry and I'm talking to the people that I've come to know for the seven years and I've been at the same customers and, and uh, I'm just passing by, walking by, they'll say, oh, hey, listen, pray for us on Sunday too. Why? Because there is a people that are hungry for that which was planted. Now you've got, to, you've got to catch this. After Acts chapter 2, later on in the chapter, uh, Simon Peter stands up and said, This is that which was prophesied by the prophet Joel. In the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall see vision. Your young men shall dream dreams. All of the things that were listed there. He said, but now this is that. This is what's come. This thing that happened at Pentecost that was birthed just a few verses before had broken through. And now there was something different going on in the world. But for 50 days they cowered. 10 days they really cowered. Then they got to see Jesus a little bit. But here's what you don't understand sometimes, and I don't understand. When Jesus was raised from the dead, and the oppression that 
Rome had put on the Israelites. And the oppression that the Greeks had put on the Israelites. And the oppression that the Medes and Persians had put on the Israelites. And the oppression that the Babylonians had put on the Israelites. And the oppression that the Amalekites had put on the Israelites. And the oppression that the Egyptians had put on the Israelites. Are you getting the picture? Israel was an oppressed people for decades, if not almost millennia. And now all of a sudden, their chosen Messiah, the Christ, who was, who was alive, had died, was raised again. He now looks at him in Acts chapter 1 and says, it's now up to you. What do you mean it's up to me? Where are you going? I must go to prepare a place for you. And then his nice words, but you tarry in Jerusalem until you're in view of power from on high. Oh, thanks a lot. And so we get to the place in Acts that lets us know that there was 120 people in the upper room that day. 120. But I want to know is where all the other multitudes went. Because if you look in chapter 1, when Jesus ascended, it didn't just say that there was 120 there. It says that they, there was, uh, as he ascends in verse number, uh, uh, where'd it go? Verse 11, men of Galilee, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has taken you from, uh, from you into heaven and someday he will return from heaven in the same manner that you saw him go. It wasn't just the 11. It was the multitudes. It was all of those that were there. And then the Bible says that they went back to the apostles and then they called disciples that hadn't been disciples yet. So we know that there was more than just those that were in the upper room. So what happened between day one and day 10? Somebody decided, well, I'm tired of waiting. Somebody said, decided, he ain't coming back. Somebody decided, well, it was good while it lasted. Somebody said, well, it, I'll just leave it to you. I, I can't wait any longer. But then, on the day of Pentecost, my question is, is all of these bright people that lived that day, did they not understand the feasts? <laughs> Didn't they not understand that 50 days after Pentecost was the, 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 the succession, if you will, to Passover? I don't know why they, they didn't figure that out, but a lot of us never figure those kinds of things out. But the Bible says when the day of Pentecost happened, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. I like the NLT. The roaring windstorm came in. Can I just tell you something? We have been living in a windstorm. For the last 50, 60, 65 days, we have been living in a windstorm. And could it be that this day, the day of Pentecost, where we have gathered together in one accord, when we have gathered together in, in, in one mind, in one spirit, could it be that this was a day that was chosen by God to allow the thing that was planted in us 
us before we went into this COVID pandemic stuff. The thing that we were feeling was being planted and we have been preaching about being salt and light and we have been preaching about making a difference and we have been preaching about becoming what God wanted us to become. Could it be that God used this 50 day or so period to allow the thing that was planted in us beforehand to be ready to come out now? Could it be that God is calling you to a breakthrough now? Could it be that God is calling you into a new dimension of relationship now? Could it be the thing that God used all that we felt was negative and bad and everything that's going on in the world? Could it be that thing that will spur us to greatness? I'm sorry, but I think that God is ready to blow our minds. I'll tell you why. Genesis chapter 42. Genesis chapter 42. Again from the New Living Translation, I'm reading from verse number 33. My son asked me, are you going to preach a Pentecost Sunday service? Sermon. I'm trying Can I just tell you, in the spirit, I've been hearing some wind. I got to tell you, sitting at my kitchen table, ministering on Wednesday night, I started feeling it. I've been hearing it, but I started feeling it on Wednesday as I began to share the word of the Lord. I began, it wasn't a Wednesday night as normal. It, there was something that was different in the atmosphere, and it's not because we cleaned the house. It, there, there was something that was different that as I began to open up the word of the Lord, and as God began to speak to me as I've been driving this week, there is a wind that is blowing. And some of us have heard it, but we haven't started feeling it yet. Can I just say that the windows of heaven are open today and there is the wind of the spirit. There is a windstorm. Here's what happens when a windstorm comes. That which can be moved is moved. Listen, there's another scripture in the New Testament. I'll get back to Genesis here in a second. But there's another scripture in the New Testament that says this. That there comes a time when everything that can be shaken will be shaken so that the things that cannot be shaken will remain. Could it be that everything that we as Americans and as Minnesotans and as those that are in the church have experienced over the last couple of months, including this last week, could it be that God has allowed this stuff to start happening so that the things that can be shaken would be removed and the things that won't be shaken will remain? Can I just share with you, the church is not going anywhere until the trumpet sounds. The church is still going to be the church because the church is the bride of Christ and he is preparing us to present us to himself. It doesn't matter what political system shakes. It doesn't matter that the financial system shakes. It doesn't matter that the neighborhood system shakes. Whatever shakes, it can shake all at once because that which is not shaken will remain. And I've been to, this church has been to the flood. It's been to the fire like the old song says. In just a few more days, it's going to move a little bit higher. It's time for a breakthrough. God is leading us into a season of breakthrough. I believe that God has planted things while we have been separated 
so that when we come back together, the Spirit of the Lord, the rivers of living water that feed that thing that's in the soil is going to explode. But it's going to explode by the hand of God and not by a man-made proclamation. It's going to happen because a gathering of believers unite together in one accord, in one spirit, and the Holy Ghost will begin to move, and the presence and the power of God is going to begin to blow, and it's going to go all over us and through us and around us, and when you go to work this week, there's going to be an atmospheric change, and when you walk down the street of your neighborhood, there's going to be an atmospheric change, because the power of God is getting ready to break through. God 
too. You see, Joseph would have never been there had God not allowed him to go through some misery. Yeah. Hear me today, it's Pentecost Sunday. <laughs> Joseph would have never been prepared to release the Israelite people and feed them in the midst of a famine if he had not been rejected by his brothers. You know, these brothers probably had somewhat of a valid point. I don't know about you, but if I went to my dad with my brother and said, hey, hey dad, you know, I know you don't like me that much. You like, you know, the baby of the family. And you're, you know, Jeremy's, Jeremy's your deal. And I mean, I mean, look at what, what Jacob says. He says, I have nothing left. What about the other nine brothers that were standing there? And, and, and Reuben says, hey, listen, Dad, I'll take responsibility for Benjamin. And if I don't, if something should happen, you can kill your grandkids. Doesn't make sense to me. I know the grandparents in this church would take that offer up. If it was one of us standing in the feet of Jacob, I, I, I would have looked at Ruben and said, I'll take your life, I'll keep the kids. Do you understand how desperate these people were at this point? Do you understand how dark they're culture had become? Do you understand the breaking point of Jacob? Right. We, we like to talk about Joseph and Joseph being sold into slavery and then being imprisoned and, and not for anything that he did and then being forgotten by the man that he interpreted the dream and then finally being released and then finally getting to the place where he was at, where he could actually help those that were in Israel. And all of a sudden he looks out and his brothers are kneeling before him. Just like the dream God gave him when he was a child. And because he was a baby brother, he messed with his older brothers. And he, he, he made them jump through some hoops. And he made them experience some things that were probably uncomfortable. And then it got all the way to this, where he says, okay, I know I have a younger brother of my own that I want to see him. But I'm not yet ready to reveal who I am. Go and get your younger brother and bring him to me. And then, be able to feed you. And so it breaks Jacob's heart. He is at a breaking point. His heart is breaking. His spirit is breaking. The two boys that he loved the most out of all of them, and he only loved them the most because he loved that mother the most. And because of all of that, he gets to the place where he says, I can't. If you continue to read the story, though, finally he lets Benjamin go. Had Jacob not allowed himself to hit the breaking point, he would have never experienced the breakthrough. 
I, I, here's what I believe, and, 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 and God could have done things different because he wrote the book and not me. But I believe had Jacob not responded and sent Benjamin, that the Israelite people would have been in a whole lot of trouble. Because it wasn't until they brought them back. And then Joseph says, okay, now's the time. I've been in disguise, if you will. Now's the time I'm going to reveal myself to you, my brothers. And then they go home and tell Jacob, 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 Joseph's not dead. Some of us have been asking, where is God in all of the mess we've been in? Some of us have listened to people ask questions. Where has God been in all of this? In this whole thing, this whole pandemic, this whole explosion over the last week, all of it. Where, where's God at? If God is so loving and God is so good, where is he? He's Joseph right now. He's the governor that's still in charge, but he hasn't revealed himself yet. And the reason he hasn't revealed himself yet is he's waiting for his church to get united. He wants all of his brothers together. And when his brothers got together, he revealed himself to his brothers. And all of a sudden, what was once a low spot became a high spot. Do you understand that Egypt was the answer that Jacob and his family were looking for to preserve them and to provide for them? All we look up as Egypt is that it's negative. It's what held them bound. If they went into bondage, they were slaves to Egypt. That's not how it started. They stayed in Egypt too long. They, they got too comfortable in Egypt and it became a slavery situation. But the Pharaoh loved Joseph. And Joseph was the one that opened up the doors for the children of Israel to be provided for and fed. In other words, it was the thing that was the least understood, the least uh, comprehended that became their breakthrough. I don't understand why this pandemic has caused such an uproar. Not because of, not, not, I'm not talking politically, I'm talking about how it's attacked people all around the world. It has taken life, it has, it has taken a hold of people's life and they have suffered, and some of us here may have suffered, some of you, or you know somebody that has, we've lost some friends to ours, and out of ours, and, and all of, I don't understand all that, I can't put all of that together. All I know is this, Joseph has been standing at the door the whole time. God has just not revealed himself yet. God has just allowed himself to be hidden all right now. He's waiting for his followers to fall at his feet before him. It's the reason why I believe that the church is the answer to the chaos that's going on. It's not our politicians. It's not even our military. It's not, it is the church. If the church will get on the knees before God, God will begin to reveal himself. God reveals himself. Watch out. Because when Joseph revealed himself, Pharaoh raised them and gave Jacob and his children the best areas of Egypt. Pentecost Sunday. The birth of the church the revealing of God 
Can I just tell you, if you read the whole chapter uh, of chapter 2 of Acts, and I'm just about done, and, and see, you get a lot of faces in here, and I go longer. <laughs> if you read later in Acts, when Simon Peter is preaching, he reveals Jesus. He says this, this same Jesus whom you have crucified, God hath made with Lord and Christ. But it wasn't until they were at their breaking point that they received their breakthrough. Verse 37 says, And when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. They said, Ben and brother, what shall we do? Simon Peter and the other eleven stood up and said, Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promises unto you and to your children, to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words, they testify and exhort, saying, Save yourself from this untoward generation. Can I just tell you that the breakthrough for 3,000 souls on that day was because people had gotten to their breaking point and they allowed the winds of God to step in. I invite you to stand. I've got to tell you, I don't post very often on Facebook. I don't. My thing is just to read. Trisha posts more often. I don't usually post. Every once in a while, I will. But I have watched all kinds of people from all different walks of life post. And I have read people that have come across from anger, from disappointment, from heartache, from hatred, all different lines along the spectrum. And the thing is, some of it comes in the church. God has taken us to this point to reveal himself to us. And to expose the darkness of this world so that he can reignite a church that has been laying dormant for too long. And today, on Pentecost Sunday, at Spirit of Grace Church, there is a match that has been lit. And we may not even totally sense what that fire is yet, but I declare to you it's the fire of the Holy Ghost. I'm speaking very calmly right now because I don't want this to sound like it's emotionalism. This is not emotionalism, this is confidence. Can I tell you one of the problems that we've had this week in this country is that, and I may offend some of you, and, and I apologize ahead of time if you're offended. I don't mean to offend anybody. But Officer Chauvin is not the one we should be angry at. 
the spirit that he expressed is what we should command him. Was he right? Absolutely not. Should he pay the price? Absolutely. And, and, and so don't even get me down there. But there was something behind it. Don't be mad at the rioters. Be mad at the spirit behind the rioters. Don't be mad at the, the... Listen, can I just tell you? Here's what my prayer is for Officer Chauvin. God, step into his cell somewhere and get a hold of his heart. Baptize him with the power of forgiveness. Resurrect his spirit and restore his soul to the way he can. That's God's child. God created him. We're all created in God's image. I can't be mad at him if God's not going to be mad at me. Because I may not have ever taken a life. I may have not done some, but I've done some other things that God's probably not very pleased about. So I can't get mad at him. I can get mad at the spirit that he expressed. Listen, the spirit of Satan, the spirit of death, that which is anti-Christ, anti-God, that I can get a little bit upset about. That I can, I can do something about that because I can take it to a prayer closet and I can take the weapons of our warfare that are not carnal, but they are spiritual and put them down to strongholds. I can begin to do warfare that way. And if more people did that, there would have been less rioting. But there was a spirit that rose up. Not just in our community, it's happening all around America. And from what I understand of, of Mr. Floyd, he would not be very pleased of the actions of the last several days. My heart broke. My spirit broke. Having to see that and experience that. My heart's been breaking all week while our cities have been torn apart and business owners have operated in fear and people are locking their doors extra tight and worried about every person that's walking down the street and every car that's driving around the neighborhood. It's happening all over this place. We are at our breaking point. And could it be that all across our area, where churches have gathered back together for the first time that they've been available. Could it be that we are going to, starting today, going from breaking point to breakthrough? Could it be that Pentecost that changed things so much back in Acts chapter 2 when the world was going to hell in a handbasket and all of a sudden his spirit started blowing through a room of about 120 people. We're not at 120 yet, but we're awfully close. Could it be that the winds that are blowing in this place could be the thing that triggers a change in society, a change in the world? Could it be that God uses just a few of us as we begin to worship and as we begin to praise throughout the week? Could it be that God uses us to bring the breakthrough for those that are at a breaking point? Could it be that God is trying to birth a brand new Pentecost in his church? Could it be that God has chosen this hour to reveal himself to all mankind so that they could see the love and mercy and grace of God? Could it be that we have reached a breaking point so that God could push us through the soil of our life and express himself through us like we've never seen before. There is a breakthrough coming. 
we're starting. I felt it already. I had one person lean over to me uh, as they were singing, and they said, I just feel like God says we need to declare it. Not just sing about it, but declare it. Absolutely. We are in that point. I am part of the church of the living God. I am part of the church. Listen, my ancestors were placed in logs and sawn asunder. They were crucified upside down for their, their, their Savior. They endured hardship and persecution. Can I tell you what is so, what's going on right now? I apologize, but it's been a long time since I've seen you. What's going on in this world right now, as we as Americans, we think that all hell is breaking loose. Can, can I just tell you that through history and around this world, what we're experiencing right now is normal? But we haven't had to deal with it as Americans. Until now. So how do we deal with it? Do we deal with it like Michael Servetus? Well, who's Michael Servetus? I'll tell you who Michael Servetus is. He's a gentleman, I think it was in the 1500s, that said you can denounce Christ or you can be burned at the stake. He said, I cannot denounce Christ. I will be burned at the stake. And was burned at the stake. Could it be that we have to face some persecution? Yes. Could it be that we have to deal with some things that are not coming? Do do will we have to do things a little bit different coming out of this? Yes. Do you have to sign up to come to church next week? Yes. But we're going to come to church anyhow. Right. And let me just declare this. When the day comes where we're not allowed to have church, that's the day, as long as I'm pastor, that's the day. That will rise up. Until then, we are going to work with our leaders. We are going to fulfill Romans chapter 13. If you don't know what that is, read Romans 13. I will work with them. I will, I will, until they tell me, you've got to be silent because I will not be silent. But the Lord hasn't told us that it's that way yet. We're just dealing with a little bit of headache and heartache and frustration. But could it be? Tonight, before you lay your head down to rest, you raise your hands and say, I'm breaking through. I just got to tell you, in the spirit world, if all of us did that tonight before we go to bed, the spirit that is over this region would be shaking. Because you don't know the power that you possess. In fact, just before we close, here's what I'm asking you to do. At 10 p.m. tonight, we're all Central Standard Time. At 10 p.m. tonight, if you are watching us online, join us. If you're here today at 10 p.m., no matter what you're doing, before you watch the news and get depressed, before whatever it is, at 10 o'clock, and, and, and I'll just be honest, selfishly, it's 10 o'clock because that's when I'm going to bed. 10 o'clock <laughs> p.m., Whatever you're doing, when we just all stop and raise our hands wherever, set an alarm on your phone and just raise your hands and say, God, I'm breaking through in your name. And just see what Pentecost Sunday ends up to me. Uh, right where you're at, if you're willing to commit to a breakthrough. 
Would you raise your hands in the presence of God and reach out to him?